Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hi, Justina. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really like really stoked to be talking to you. I've been a fan and follower for a while. I have your bedding on my bed. So it's like a piece of you is in our home. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just really, really happy to be in community with you. But before we get started, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Justina Blakeney, and I'm an artist and a designer and the founder and creative director of the home decor brand, Jungalo. Jungalo, it is this fun, beautiful, welcoming, exciting collection. And I want to get started with the basics first. So where did you start? When did you fall in love with art and color and pattern? And do you have your first memory of the feeling that came to you as you started leaning into being a designer? I don't because for as long as I can remember, I've always been this way. (laughs) (laughs) So it's as much me as my wild curly hair or any other part of me. I've just always been really drawn to color and form, loved drawing ever since I was tiny, tiny, and really all forms of creative expression in the visual and performing arts. So I just feel like I was kind of, I was born this way. (laughs) I think that's a great way to put it, being born this way. And your new book is called Decorate Wild. So I definitely want to talk about your love for patterns and boldness and and wild colors and just joy. Because when I see your work and when I have your work in our home, it just gives me this feeling of like, I think joy is really the only word that comes to mind. It's like, oh, here's a splash of color for you. Here's this beautiful pattern. And it just brings so much warmth into a space. So can you talk a little bit about your new book and your love for patterns and colors and designing wildly? Yes. So for me, I sort of hit on this word wild um, and I've used it as the tagline for Jungle Decorate Wild for many, many years because for me, the idea of wild is has many, many layers to it. So there's the idea of sort of tapping into your own wild self. I feel like in cultures and society today, we are stripped of so much of our wildness. And so a lot of the idea of wild is just being able to tap into who you feel you truly are. Mm -hmm. And so for me in design and in my own work, it's a real meditative exercise in getting to know myself and bringing out what I have on the inside, bringing it out on the outside and decorating my home with it and spending my time, you know, working with my hands and making art. And really, I strongly believe that like right now we are all so disconnected from nature and it's one of the big ailments of the world. And so the idea that in design and in art, we can help restore the human nature connection to me that I feel like that's one of my callings. And so the idea of sort of decorating wild has all these different legs 
layers. It's about connecting to your own wild self. It's about connecting to the wild, the outdoors, plants, animals, other living creatures, connecting to Earth Mother herself, and how to kind of create comfort in our homes while still leaning into this wildness that I feel like I crave every day. Mm, that is so beautiful. Um, I love how you mentioned the meditation piece too, because I have one of our thought starters here that I wanted to chat with you about being designed as a form of meditation. And I'd like to take that just a little bit further as how you use art as your personal practice of meditation, of reconnecting and realigning with mother nature. And then in turn, like reconnecting with your readers and your customers. Absolutely. So for me and design, they're both very meditative practices on many levels. And I'm not necessarily someone who meditates in the more traditional way, unless I really can't sleep or <laughs> something mm -hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah. But I do have these daily creative exercises that I do. I do line drawings. So that's mm -hmm. just when I'm drawing just you know, even with just a pencil on a regular piece of paper, and I just draw and I don't let my hand lift off the paper, and I see what happens. And I think there's, there's a, an element of letting go in that and of just seeing what happens without being tied to the outcome. And I do lots of exercises like that. In the book, I talk a lot about um, foraging, a broad sense. So foraging for color, foraging for pattern, being outside in the wild and looking for seeking out things that inspire or that strike you in a way that you maybe hadn't noticed before and just really seeking out the, the small intricacies, the, the little beautiful moments that life has to offer. And, and for me, that's a very meditative exercise. Going for a walk, even in my neighborhood or at a local park or across the world when we're when we're allowed to travel again and taking time to observe the world around us and pull out the the most beautiful elements or the, the elements that you connect with the most deeply and then reinterpreting that through mm -hmm. art and design and, and so again so taking you know something that's in the world and kind of filtering it through your own lens and then putting it back out through your own voice and for me that is an extremely meditative kind of exercise and it's really where all my ideas come from so in the first couple of pages of the new book it's, it's these beautiful like textile patterns and then it says a home is like a garden it must be cultivated to create the conditions for healthy growth and I want you to expand on that a little bit because envisioning home like a garden just gave me all sorts of chills and butterflies <laughs> because we've been home right and we've yes. had to shift and pivot and take on new shape and redesign our, our, our living spaces. A mm -hmm. lot of folks were doing that. I know I was. Um, yes. And a lot of my community was doing the same. So talk us through what you mean by home is like a garden. I think there are so many striking parallels between the plant world and, and our world. <laughs> and so, you know, the first chapter of the book, which is called Magic in the Mix, it's all about roots. And mm -hmm. when I think about roots and I think about them like sort of in a, as a plant metaphor or a human metaphor, there's sort of these two ways that, that I talk about roots in the book. There's um, the actual roots. And, and so in plants, you think of roots and plant health is all about root health. If the root 
roots of your plant is healthy, chances are your, your plant is healthy, cultivating the roots. And so when you think about that in terms of human culture and, and being in your home, my parallel to that is sort of bringing out your roots in your home decor, like creating connection that way, whether it's through family photos or family heirlooms or things that remind you of people that you love and kind of bringing those into your home and making space for them to honor your ancestors, to honor your roots. And I think is a really great way to sort of as a jumping off place for decor. And then the other type of roots that I talk about in the book are the adventitious roots. So adventitious roots in plant life are the ones that go seeking out farther and farther looking for um, nutrients. So in my life, I sort of translate that as travel. And, you know, so I dip into my own roots, but then I have to go out and look for other forms of inspiration as well and sort of cross pollinate. And that's really what art is all about. I think art is really all about mixing, you know, taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that and putting it together and seeing what comes out. So that idea of cross pollination is, is a heavy theme in the book. And the deeper we got in, into writing it, it was really, there were just so many parallels between plant life and, and what you do to create a healthy plant or or to help nourish a plant and what you can do to help nourish your home and nourish yourself. So that's where the home is like a garden concept came from. It was like all of a sudden we were just seeing all these parallels between what you can do to create a healthy plant and what you can do to create a, a healthy self. And, <laughs> and so um, nourishing those things in order to yeah help growth at home. And that can be interpreted sort of broadly. What is art teaching you about community? So for me, right now means something so different than maybe it did yeah. <laughs> even a year ago, right? But I think for me, it, it's really about self-expression and then like figuring out how to connect with others. And so when I, for example, engage with someone else's art, you know, what I look and see is a reflection, not of necessarily of them and, and what they're doing, but of how I'm seeing it and what's inside myself. And I'm kind of seeing it through my lens and my perspective and, and putting my stuff on it, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a mirror and that's that's so much of what makes art incredible and amazing is that every single person looking at it is going to pick up on maybe some little things that you were trying to put out as an artist, but more than that, helping them tap into something, hopefully, that they're connecting with through your art. And so I think finding those connection points for me is what gets me really excited in art, like figuring out how to create something that I'm resonating deeply with, and then to be able to give that to my community and see if they too resonate with it and on what levels and what I can learn from them through their experience of my art and vice versa. So I think art is a great connector, maybe the greatest connector. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's art in my opinion, you know, broadly, music, um, <laughs> painting, writing, you know, all of the cultural arts. And, uh, and so it really is about creating those connection points between communities and among a community. I love art as a connection point that really resonates that really resonates because it's true as an artist be it a writer painter designer digital art etc like how your art is received by the onlooker and how that onlooker 
internalizes that art is so magnificent. It really is a connecting point. I mean, I'm sure you've heard multiple times from folks that your work has shifted something in them, right? And I think that's like the greatest joy as an artist to be told that your work resonates on this deeper level. And it hopefully allows other folks, gives other folks permission to be in their truth, whatever that looks like, right? I love that art as a connector. So as we shift gears just a little bit, I have to talk to you about self-care and what that's been looking like for you as a designer, as an artist, and during this pandemic. So how are you showing up for yourself these days? I feel like I'm a little bit of, you know, I lived in Italy for seven years. So I do have this thing in me that's like, I work hard, but I also take care of myself. Like I have to. And so I think for me, just to get more detailed, one of the important things for me is hydrotherapy. I am a water person. So I will have like a 20 minute, I I have a jacuzzi. So (laughs) that was like a big thing for me. It was like a big life goal to have a jacuzzi. And then literally like twice or three times a day, I'm out in the jacuzzi. I'll take meetings from out there. That is epic. Yes. And I have an outdoor shower and I'm in that outdoor shower. Like I, so I think for me, it's really Mm -hmm. about incorporating self-care rituals or Mm -hmm. habits Mm -hmm. all throughout the day every day. So I'm not like, I don't get to a breaking point where I'm like, oh my God, I've been stuck in, you know, in front of my computer for 10 hours. Like I just try not to allow myself to do that. I go for lots Mm. of walks outside. I take breaks in the middle of the day to hang out with my daughter. You know, sometimes doing that stuff means I'm maybe up a little later working when things are done and all that. But for me, um, the water thing is so huge. And I think, yeah, just allowing yourself, reminding yourself that at least in my world, I'm not a brain surgeon. (laughs) I think nothing is 911. If there Mm. needs to be a deadline that's pushed because I need to go to the beach one day or or take some time for myself, like the deadline can be pushed. It's not 911. So I recognize that's a luxury and a privilege. One I've also worked hard to get to, but but still it's a luxury and a privilege nonetheless. But I do think, you know, most folks do have a shower at home, I hope. So even that just like a simple way to kind of refresh during the day, play some music, put some aromatherapy, you know, take a shower. It's just, it's cleansing, you know? And I think for me, that cleansing piece is is a huge part of my self-care kind of ritual. It's like shake things off, you know, mm. you're in a funk, shower it off, that kind yeah. of thing. It's interesting. My 13-year-old is an artist and she's self-taught and she's so amazing. She's so good. And she came downstairs crying the other day because she was having a artist block day and wasn't Mm. able to get the work out that she wanted to get out. And we had a long conversation about showing up flawed in our art Mm. and making messes and making Mm. bad art Mm -hmm. and being okay with things not looking how you want them to the first, second, or even third time around. And I'm bringing that up because I'm going to selfishly ask you this question because I am going to listen to this with her. What do you say to young folks and to people in general who are artists, no matter the medium, about making bad art, making wild art, and 
being able to be proud of the art that they're sharing with the world and the art that they create solely for themselves. I think of art as a practice, just like yoga is a practice. I think you do it every day and some of it's dreck, <laughs> some of it's amazing. And some of it you think is dreck and then you go back six months later and realize it's amazing. And sometimes <laughs> the opposite is the case, right? You think it's amazing. And then six months later, you look back and you're like, oh my God, this isn't amazing. Um, <laughs> but I really think uh, like I don't throw away any of my art. I keep everything. I keep doodles. I keep sketches. I have so many files of just little things because for me, it's like, it's it's a bit like a journal. And because I think there are good ideas hidden away in art that I might not like in its entirety. And by the way, I almost never like anything in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely a practice and that's part of it. And part of it is just the practice of it. It's not about the outcome. It's about the practice. It's about getting your hands moving in a certain rhythm that feels a certain way. So yeah, the, the messiness of it, the wildness of it, the experimentation of it and allowing mm. yourself to experiment to me is probably the most important thing because you can't discover new things if you don't get wild <laughs> and dig in and you really need to accept you know the bad days as part of the process and another thing that i always allow myself to do and this is an extremely important part of my creative practice is that i call it indulging in moments of inspiration so mm -hmm. if i have an idea or something that I want to try, something new, I allow myself to stop whatever it is that I'm doing. Maybe I'm in the middle of dinner. Maybe it's the middle of the night. Maybe I'm, you know, in a meeting or something. I will put things down and just say, you know what, I have this idea and I need to honor it. <laughs> I need to like honor this, this moment of inspiration. Because yes, there are plenty of days where you're sitting down to work on something and the inspiration isn't there. And mm -hmm. you're trying to get something out and it's just blocked and it's not coming. So for me, I allow myself to indulge in moments of inspiration so that on those days where I do feel a block, instead of trying to create something new when it feels like an uphill battle, I dip into my archives and look at stuff I've already worked on and kind of work off of that stuff. So mm. it's a way of sort of allowing yourself to explore when you're in the mood to explore, because you never know when that moment is going to be. How is this new book teaching you to live wildly, more wildly, maybe than you had a year ago or two years ago? And what do you want the world to know about this new book and take away from it? I want people to know about this new book that there is no right or wrong way to design or decorate your space or to live in community with your family and friends. There's no right or wrong way to do that. And that it's a personal journey for all of us. And that what is going to be beautiful to you isn't necessarily going to be beautiful to somebody else. And this book tries to give people the tools to figure out how to bring out their most wild selves in their home in order to create a garden <laughs> that, in which they can thrive, right? And so that's what I want people to take away from the book. The book is very personal. It talks a lot about my own sort of journey to discovery. It talks a lot about how I go about finding my moments of inspiration or, you know, there's a lot of things that in design seem kind of intuitive, right? Like, oh, well, how do I know which colors look good together? <laughs> 
how do I know this? Like, is this some kind of wizardry? <laughs> right? like, Where is the manual? Tell us. Yes, Where is the exactly, exactly. And so this is not a manual that's going to say, these are the colors that look good together. And these are the mm. colors that don't. This is a manual that's going to walk you through to say, here's some ideas for how to find the colors that really strike a chord with you and that you get really excited about. Here's how to pick some plants for your home that can thrive in your space. Here's how, you know, and it's less prescriptive, which I think a lot of design books can be a little bit too prescriptive. And it's more about helping facilitating an exploration. And I think that we don't do that enough in art and design. Everyone's worried about things being right or wrong. And that the rug has to be this size. And, you know, the curtain should be hung this many inches above the curtain rod, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that can be helpful too. So not that I'm shitting on, on that vibe, but <laughs> this is a different vibe. <laughs> yeah. This is more about leaning into your own discovery and, and experimentation to figure out sort of how wild you want to be in your home and what you want the experience of living in your home to be like. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. Hey Girl Podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.